There's no way you can sell Lacazette for 25 mil in this market. I'll take a box of Morley's for Lacazette. <laughs> uh, that's, if, that's if Mama doesn't eat it first. Because the way Lacazette eats <laughs> well, I'll back that before you even got to it. But nevertheless. Welcome back to the Biomedis Football Podcast. It's your host, Kevin, with his fellow co-host, Karis and Denzel. We've been gone for a while. We've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights for our own respective reasons. But nevertheless, on our agenda today, we'll talk about the current fixtures. The disaster class that United showed, the disaster class that Chelsea showed. We're also going to talk about some contract situations regarding our clubs. Bruno Fernandes and how God will punish him. And <laughs> other really bad players such as Tavares, Tellez and Cedric. What future can Ten Hag bring to Manchester United? Gabriel Jesus, is he the Messiah to come to Arsenal? God forgive me for blasphemy. It just made sense, didn't it? You know, it made sense. And, hey, Harlan, hey. and Harlan to Manchester City, God forbid. And finally, last but not least, the Liverpool quadruple charge. God forbid. I was past him personally. But nevertheless, man them. Let's address the elephant in the room. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Talk to me. What happened? What happened, Denzel? What happened, Karis? I need to start first before you man will start speaking. Chai, Denzel. Remember on the WhatsApp chat, all this talk, you're like, Chelsea's going to put Arsenal on missionary 4-2 at Stamford Bridge. 4-2 at Stamford Bridge. Do you have any shame in your heart, your chest, anywhere? Like, how peak that is. Man said, and Katia rolled to your yard and did phone call celebration. Like, what have you got to say for yourself? It is what it is, bro. I'm not speaking. <laughs> I have nothing to say. All I know is, all I can say, I, fact, I do have something to say. Malang SARS-CoV-2 tax. <laughs> yeah? Let me say that again. Malang SARS-CoV-2. That guy is not a footballer. He's only like 22. <laughs> It's not too late for him to pick up a degree, bro. I do not want to see that man in my defence ever again. Ever. It's not an easy task for Enketia to score two, you know. And then Christensen. <laughs> he robs Christensen for the first one. Should That's I say Christensen, fam? That guy cannot defend either. And then Tuchel had the audacity to say it's the pitch's fault. Tuchel, I love you, but don't take the piss, bro. Don't take the piss. <laughs> man, talking about it's the pitch. That's the same pitch we won Champions League on, so nothing has changed. I talk about all the pictures a bit. Christensen's just shit. That's all. <laughs> that's simple. Man trying to say it was the pitch. It was not the pitch. Christensen is cheeks. If he leaves, I won't care, fam. Bro. I'm so vexed. That game, man, it, man, it had my heart rate up because, like, I was watching it with a Chelsea fan and it's like, fam, when Nketa scored first, I was on a high. Then we let Vernon of all people score, but it's because of Cedric. Cedric, we'll get on to him later. I have things to say. But then, you know, again, who scored next? I think it was Smith Rowe, that lovely first-time hit. He's been amazing. His shooting is so good, by the way. So, so good. Then Aspi does some strikers finish, which was mad. But then from there, you know, we just kept attacking and attacking. And then you might even let Saka score a penalty. In fact, both of the teams let Saka score a penalty. Just uh, after, the, after the Euros heartbreak, he scores two penalties. Mentality. Can I just say, yeah, when we played that Arsenal game, Werner had scored three goals in three games. He's actually been in really good form recently. So I've got to praise him. <laughs> as much as I don't like him, he has found some semblance of form so I'll give that to him he's still cheap uh, I'm not I'm not confident. not gonna lie to you yeah Bakayo Saka scoring penalties now I can actually feel like is a degree of black excellence that we need in our life I'm not gonna lie to you man with all the stuff we be I'm not even gonna I don't, I, even as a United fan I'll say this you know like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X will be so proud of this moment Bakayo Saka is scoring penalties with chest it's a shame that Rashford and Sancho are meeting this guy at the level but nevertheless looking at looking at the team and the stats 
Chelsea had 68% possession on the night and Arsenal had 32% possession. Some FIFA stats. And then we look even further more into the game. I won't lie to you though. Chelsea were not efficient whatsoever. We're charity so, FC, bro. Charity FC. My question is, and I feel like I say this in almost every episode, where is Lukaku going from here? Because me and Kairos were saying, realistically, what other team will take Lukaku going forward? Real Madrid ain't taking him. Bayern ain't taking him. Where's he going? I'll tell you. He's going to hell. <laughs> okay, well, we can talk about judgment day another time, but let's be serious. Crazy. Where's he going, bro? If who what, Newcastle trying to rebuild, you can have him, bro. 40 mil, take him 40 mil, half price, more than half price. What's that 60% off? Take him, bro. PSG, you're trying to rebuild, take him, bro. Who else wants him? Who got promoted recently? Fulham's coming up, take him, bro. Mitrovic straight swap, take him, bro. I'm pissed off. What does he actually do? And my man was sitting on the bench, bare laughing today. What's funny, bro? If Lukaku was here, though, he'll disagree with you. I believe he released a statement not too long ago saying that names such as Lewandowski and Benzema would, would, would like display a certain stats per season and they'd be labelled world class. Lukaku said that he himself should be in those like in those conversations. I'm not gonna lie to you, as a fellow black brother, I have to say this, bro. Stop playing the race card, Lukaku. Stop playing the race card. It's not a good look. You are not in the same realm as Benzema and Lewandowski. I'm so sorry, bro. There's a, there's a degree of like tech that is involved in being those men. Lukaku's never been tech. He's just sheer power, fam. Run the channels. Bro. Oh, if Lukaku's in that conversation, then we've got to put Benton in that conversation as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. We have to put Benton in that conversation. Okay, Lukaku wants to do that. Cool. Let's, let's, if he wants to go low, I will go lower. Yeah, I have all day. <laughs> How dare he open his mouth and say I should be in that conversation? I, has he not seen his Premier League numbers? What he's doing right now, and he thinks he should be in that conversation. The thing is, his his Inter Milan form fooled so many people. That's what I was thinking. Mm, you never know, Lukaku. When he came in and shifted Pablo Murray, everyone was like, "Yes, this is the guy." And now look what's happened. See how Rob Holden oh, handled him. him a career because he's at Udinese now. Did you see how Rob Holden handled him? Yeah, I saw the way he pushed him. I was so embarrassed. It was secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. I just sitting in my living room thinking, this this guy's a disgrace. You let Rob Holden put you on your bum like that. Nice, man. man said Rob Holden came in and said, boom, get out of the way. My question no. is, is Odegaard the last of the dying breed for number 10s? Or is he the future of the number 10s, I should say, sorry? Because he was a mastery. It was masterful that game. Odegaard's been amazing. Like, I think at the start of the season, I didn't really rate him off his loan deal because I thought, you know, he wasn't really assertive enough. He wasn't, you know, putting in those numbers that, he can, he can control a game, but he can't at times. I, that's what I thought, that, you know, he can pop those numbers. Now he's starting to put them up. Like, mm. he's basically doing all facets of play. He comes and presses, gets wins yeah. the ball, drives up the pitch, you know, can get off pressure so easily. Like, the guy's just brilliant. He can do it all, really. Yeah. And without him creating... For, I'm happy that I, I was wrong on him, to be honest. So I'm just happy to see that he's doing so well. Him and Saka, really. Like, back to Saka as well. I saw a tweet recently and said that Bukayo Saka currently has 16 goals and assists in the Premier League this season. That's the same as Mane, one short of De Bruyne and one goal less than Harry Kane. And bear in mind, he's only 20 years old and he's one of the top goal contributors in the league. Will he do it in the UCL there? Yeah, wait, it would be easy. If Hudson Doyle's playing there, imagine Saka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. If Imagine Saka. That's not a question. The boy slander has made its way back into the podcast. I love it. It's about time, man. That guy got a short trim. Now he thinks he's the guy. We'll see. He's up on my boy. He's up on my boy. He's injured. He's injured. Allow him. He's not injured, bro. He's trying out for the black stars on the 23s. 
He'll be eating Banku, all them things. <laughs> but nah, bro. Let's move on, unfortunately, to the Arsenal United game. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. I feel, like, I feel like I have to get this off. First of all, um, yeah, you start. we'll pay our respects to Cristiano Ronaldo, who recently lost um, one of his children. And what a testament to the game for him to come back in such a professional manner and display such a performance like that. And also big up to Liverpool fans and Arsenal fans, respectively, who did show respect at the seven-minute mark on both games. It does show that um, the game of football, there is a lot more to it and humanity should never be lost in anything we do. Now, shame on Manchester United players. <laughs> Your greatest, the greatest player to ever grace the kit. He's lo- he just lost his son and you man couldn't even play with your comrade are you man seeing it Ronaldo Ronaldo is bearing a heavy heart of losing someone and he was the best player on the pitch I'm actually not ashamed of themselves man said I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna name call these people Teles Teles <laughs> God will punish Teles he's the worst left back in the league the worst left back in the league no cap that's said Harry Maguire wasn't even there if Harry Maguire was there would have held five I'm telling you would have held five like I'm like who can even gonna how is Matic our best midfield at 40 years old? <laughs> like it's just it's just it's honestly just so we're just wasting our time, bro. The red devils what kind of satanic football was that fam. And then Bruno Fernandez. If I get started on Bruno Fernandez, I'm getting cancelled, bro. <laughs> Let me continue about Bruno. Bruno is so funny because it's like <laughs> one end of the pitch, you see Erdogan controlling the game. Yeah. The other side of the pitch, Bruno basically, what I remember, this guy, everything he did lost United the game. Like, for starters, that 1v1 chance he had to Rams the way he should have scored. There was also the penalty that he missed, that he put onto the post. Like, I can't believe he's taking a penalty when Ronaldo's on the pitch, literally. Who knows about pressure moments like that? Then there was that weird, like, starts-up challenge on Tavares that could have got him sent off. And then after that, that loose touch that left to Shaka scoring from, like, 25 yards. So, all in all, there's zero out of 10 from him. But yeah, continue, Kevin. Bro, like you said, <clears throat> if there's any player you'll bet your life on scoring a penalty in world football, not even on the pitch, in world football, it will most likely be Ronaldo. I think most people would say you would want Ronaldo to be a penalty taker. But my thing is, he has a captain's armband. You've just been given a new contract and he didn't influence the game whatsoever. Like, if you look at it, the way his PR team is pushing Bruno, they're trying to say he's one of the greatest number 10s in the modern game. But if you look at the way he plays... Better than Pogba, all these things. Yeah. Like, he's actually crap. He is so bad. And what I keep saying is that... I, what I know is that if you look at his numbers, you think he's a baller. But he's not. He's a very... I can't explain Bruno Fernandes as a player. I can't actually say why his stats are the way they are. You can't say it's lucky. But then again, I'm not going to, I can't say that he's an intelligent footballer because an intelligent footballer knows that you have to be efficient with the ball. Bruno acts like the ball's a bomb every single time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> potato. I'm being so sincere. And it was like he was going against serious midfielders, El Shaka and bloody El Nini. I respect Shaka though. I love him. That's my guy now. That's my guy. Like, he, just, he just waits for his annual United long shot. That's all that guy waits for. Until he's angry, he gets to cash it in. <laughs> <laughs> Catch it in, get the love of the Arsenal fans for, for, for the next year. Oh, yeah. Something funny that I saw, yeah. There was a tweet from, I think it was like um, United District from like three years ago, where they were talking about how the Man U scouting team in 2019 said it was a bad idea to sign Bruno Fernandes because he loses the ball too much. 
That was three years ago. That was what your scouting. And they still got him. And you still signed him. And now look. And you're linked to James Madison as well and Greenish. Bro, I I don't I don't know I don't know what to say. But at the end of the day, my analysis on the game is that United lost three one in one of our better performances of the season, which should now <laughs> tell you that United is in. All I'm saying is, if Alex Ferguson did retire in 2013, he would be dead by now. The job would kill him. Because I'm only 21, yeah. I see myself getting hypertension. I'm not even involved in the team. Alex Ferguson would be gone right now if he was still involved in Manchester United significantly. But we're going to get onto it later, yeah. But I'm just yeah. going to tell you from now Ten Hag will not save you, man. Ten Hag will be gone by 2021. God forbid. If that's what you're wishing, God forbid. <laughs> Remember, I said it on the pod. I said it first on this pod. Ten Hag will leave United by 2025. But if Ten Hag was by himself, I would agree with that. But I feel like the steps we're putting in place is it's not going to be five years. It may actually be six to seven years. But I feel like we're putting the right steps in place because if Rannick can go up and then man give him the license to do what he needs to do and Ten Hag is actually like taking full ownership as in like he has the license to do anything he wants for the team, then I think stuff will happen. Like, Maguire should not be here in two years' time. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. He shouldn't be here two years in time. Agreed. Like, I was watching, me and Kyle were watching the game at, um, um, in the pub, yeah? And I must have said, like, we'll, we'll get to that in, in a minute, by the way, two, two, two brothers in the pub. We'll expect, I'll explain that later. Nevertheless, yeah, <laughs> we saw Juan Bissaka and Maguire on the screen. I just screamed out, £130 million mistake. £130 million mistake, bro. £130 million not money you see on the floor, bro. And that, we just put that on two... One dishwasher and what do you even call Ambasaka, bro? One roadman. Michael, you got signed back row G. Damn, we we didn't buy we didn't, I, I wish we bought back row G, bro. We bought main road waste man. That's what we bought. Main road waste man is what we got in our team. Nevertheless, because like my, my, I can feel my body temperature going up. The next conversation is going to be contract situations regarding Arsenal. Wait, before, sorry, sorry, sorry. Before that, though, we didn't praise Arsenal enough in terms of the performance of the game. Look um, at this guy's life. I tried to be... Yeah, yeah, it's allowed, bro. We haven't had time. It's, it's so shameless. No one cares, fam. I need to Same enjoy the moment. Bro. <laughs> See your head. Firstly, yeah, that Ramsdale save from Dalot, that was crucial because if that went in, it's a different game. Then what else? Our fullbacks are both terrible. We get onto, the, get onto that soon. Well, Spen White had a solid game. El Nenny putting in his Ramadan shift. What a player. Shaka, Shaka, boom. What a goal. Sako was actually injured for the game, but he played pretty well, to be fair. Erdgaard controlling it and Akepta just running the channels, all of that. See, you both let, both of your teams let these men dunk on you, but it was all right, man. It was all right. Now we can move on. I love how Gastro and because watch how you men will crumble as soon as you've got to play multiple competitions. You lot are doing, you lot couldn't even secure top four of an easy run. You only had Prem and what, FA Cup and League Cup to manage to worry about. You managed to bottle both. And even <laughs> then, you're still not even comfortably fourth when realistically you should have been comfortably fourth by now. So if we should have, but I don't care. We move. If you're struggling to comfortably finish fourth, I'd love to see what happens when you might get Champions League, fam. But I am praying Tottenham win the North London Derby, fam. I'm actually praying. These tears are sweet, you know. I can feel both tears coming out of your eyes. <laughs> this, is this is what I was waiting for. I'm chilling. All of these salty complaints. Oh, God, let's let's move on to contact situations. So let's start with Chelsea. Because I know, I feel like of all the players to lose, this will hurt more. Mm. Then you're going to lose your best defender. For free as well. Huh? For free as well, by the way. For free? Yeah. 
to be honest, yeah, it's bittersweet in a way. I can't pretend and say that there wasn't a time I didn't, I didn't want Rudiger gone because before Tuchel came, Rudiger was so bad, fam. Like his defensive positioning, decision making, one versus one, like he was so poor. But then <clears throat> Tuchel came and reinvented him, basically. The problem here is we offered him a contract of the last offer was £230,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Now, bearing in mind, Rudiger's like 31, if I remember correctly, 31 or 30. We can't really offer him more than what, three years, if we're being real. Forget Thiago Silva being 37 and still playing. Thiago Silva is an anomaly. He's not, he doesn't fit the trend of how defenders age and still play and whatever. The kind of money I'd assume, Rudiger said it wasn't enough, the 230k a week. Bearing in mind, he's 30 and he's a defender. Now. Cool. So for the amount of time, let's say we're offering him three years on 230k and he wanted more. It's a huge gamble to offer a defender that's already 30, 31, big money and on a three-year contract because say say he gets shit after when he hits that 32 he's now stuck on massive wages and we can't really do anything in it so it's going to be a big loss but he's not impossible to replace you know um there's still Jules Kunde who really wanted to come and he's also leaving Sevilla in summer so provided we have a new owner sorted by summer I can happily see Kunde coming over to replace Rudiger and fill in that hole but it is a shame that he's leaving for free though I would rather we would have sold him and got some money out of it and helped rebuild. But yeah, man, he's just going to walk and we're not getting no money out of it. So but good luck to him. I'm not even angry at him. Like He's been a great servant for the last year and a half. So I can't be angry at him at all. Like He did what he did, didn't it? And it would have been, been good to have Oli. Oh, sorry, bro. And then, sorry, one thing as well, Christensen too. I think Romano said it recently. He's going to Barcelona as well. Yeah, no one gives a shit about him, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'll be sorry, bro. He can go wherever he wants. I don't care. So, so what's your backline looking like for next season? Then? Next season, backline's looking like Trevor Chaloba and Saar. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting top four. Nah. Um, <laughs> obviously, if we... Chaloba, that's, that's Russian taste. Yeah, Russian taste. <laughs> Long. No, obviously, if we get an owner by summer, I, I can see us buying someone like Kunde and another defender. Also, regarding contracts and players, yeah, this is the summer I feel we need to cash in on Kante. He needs yeah. to be good because Kante has been so bad this season. Like, and I don't blame him. You can't like every footballer has a decline eventually. And like Kante's been with us for six years now. I think he's like 32. Mm. He's definitely 30 something. Like, bro, if you watch our recent games. Kante is not it anymore, man. Like he's struggling. Oh, and then he dog walked him, by the way. Bro, <laughs> struggling to keep up. And every time I see that Kante RLC pivot, I get an aneurysm, bruv. They don't <laughs> they don't play well together at all. So I feel like we should sell Kante and get another box to box midfielder in. Do you know what? We don't even need to buy another one. I feel like Gallagher would be a perfect replacement for Kante. Mm-hmm. Very similar profiles, except in, in addition, he adds goals. The only thing is. Gallagher's intensity and tackling needs to be controlled a bit. He can be a bit wild and get out of position, but that's fine. He's young, but I feel like Gallagher would be a perfect Kante replacement. Very serious question, though. What is Ruben Loftus-Cheek? He is a football player, in quote and speech marks. Because <laughs> who... I don't know what he <laughs> had. Model. I, I don't know what he had, bro. You know what? To be fair, yeah. Before I get onto him, yeah, because personally I want him sold, but before I get onto him, yeah. he was very good um, today against West Ham, like. He was winning so many challenges like high up the pitch, like keeping the ball in their fur, just going after every challenge, winning every ball. And I feel like he's when he's good, he's he's decent. But when he's bad, he's bad. 
and he's 26. And I think he's on something like, yeah, he's 26, bro. Career done, bro. It's done. It's finished. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought was 22. No, bro, he's 26. Like, he's that two years away from his peak. I'm not he's saying... He's enough for time. Yeah, I don't want to say he's dusted because that's a bit harsh, but he's just not good enough for Chelsea, in my opinion. And I feel like even though he's a good squad option, he's too inconsistent, in my opinion, to keep around. And I think he's on like 150k a week. He's, right. an, he's an expensive squad option for someone that doesn't always really deliver like that. So I feel like we should also sell him as well and get someone else. You know, Chelsea, I've, I feel like a mistake you guys made was not keeping Mark Gwey, who's at Palace now. Oh, bro. The guy's gone there. He's literally spun the block like he's been Chris Palace's captain now, made the England squad. He would have been useful for you, for you guys. Honestly. Such a good defender, man. At least um, we've got first refusal, which means if a club bids for him, we're allowed to bid for match the bid and our bid has to be accepted or rejected first before the other club. So yeah. at least if we want to get him, that's there in it. And then obviously we have a buyback on Libramento, which activates next summer, I think. But it's just like, Things like that pisses me off. Like we've made so many poor choices of our academy players. Like how did we let Gwehi go and then we're here watching Malang Sar play? Like, <laughs> how did that happen, bro? And bear in mind, he was not good in France either. I don't know why. He just wasn't good in France. And he still I'll tell him. you why we got him. It's because of that bitch upstairs, Scott McLaughlin, fam. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I keep telling you this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know how he still has a job at Chelsea, but he does not know what he's doing, bro. His football IQ is negative. It's below zero. You see he the problem with Chelsea? Yeah. players, man. You man suffer from being too good at scouting. Like, essentially, there's a limitation to how many players you can have in your academy and in your first team. But because, like, if Chelsea had the freedom to just have anybody they wanted, bro, I hope you do, you man do understand that like, you'd be patterned for like the next two to three generations. If you look at yeah. the people you man have let go, I don't know how you man are scouting yet, but you man scout well. Master, if you just look at the names, of people, Stunning. everyone has a link to Chelsea. I'm watching a game, yeah. I'll see, like, in, I don't know, like, like Italian league or something. The guy will score a brace. Commentator will be like, Oh, he actually came from the Chelsea Academy, you know. I'm thinking, How did Chelsea get this guy from Turin? Bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Literally. when it comes to young players that like, we have for that, but at times we end up hitting duds like Malan Sar in it. So, yeah, but even like <laughs> we've had, like, um, obviously, you're talking about Serie A, you know, we had Ola Aina, mm-hmm. sick. You know, we had we had Fikayo Tomori and he left. That, do you know how much that pisses me off every day? We let Tomori go and kept Christensen. If it was the other way around, we would have been... Ch- Imagine if our centre-back parent right now was Tomori and Gwehi, fam. We would have been so calm. That's England patterned, even. Forget no, That's what I'm saying. Like, but obviously, Southgate, again. Yeah, Southgate. Yeah. I don't know how Tomori didn't get called up, but that's another conversation, bro. You know how Tomori got called up, but we can't speak on that in the podcast. But we all speak on that on this podcast. Nevertheless, let's move on to Arsenal. So, Karis, if I asked you this question a few weeks ago, I know what your opinion would be. However, things have changed recently. Eddie and Ketia, what is, what's your opinion on his contract situation right now? Give him a new one, innit? <laughs> I can't lie. I still feel like he should go, but for the sake of his career, not because of that, I really want him to go. Sake of his career, he ain't going nowhere. That's gonna like that. He's gonna rain. I saw like some Very rumors. And I saw some rumors that apparently he was like heavily linked with Crystal Palace, like from last summer as well. Okay. And the thing is that Palace might let go of Benteke and Ayu, so there's space for Enkete to come in and you know be a main guy there. And we'll get on to Gabriel Jesus later. But the way it seems is that if we get top four, and there's a big if we get top four, um, Gabriel Jesus, 
is going to be the one that comes in and you'll get another striker too. So there's no space for Ketia, basically. You're not even confident about top four, bro. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm an honest guy, but we move. I actually forgot Ben Tech is all paper palace, you know. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like it's every guy's dream to have a girl as low to them as Crystal Palace has been low to Ben Teke. How have Crystal Palace got shit this guy? <laughs> you see, these man, they don't give bro. I don't know how many women listen to this podcast. Don't give up on your man. Don't give up on your man. We need to be be more like Crystal Palace. Ain't ben Teke. Good lessons. Oh, ain't Ben Teke like 35? Ah, bro. I don't even know. He's Congolese. I don't get I don't even know his age. Just two good seasons, all I remember Benteke for. But nevertheless, let's we, we derailed a little bit. Yeah, sorry, bro. You'll say Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like I've been happy with him though, because I think he went on a different pod recently and he was talking about, you know, what can I do if I only get like five minutes at, at the end of a game to show what I can do? When I get extended time, I showed that I can, you know, I can play. And he's shown that, I can't lie. Against Chelsea, you know, he was a proper nuisance all game. Against United, even though he didn't score, he had one disallowed. Again, he was running the channels, linking up play. Not to the same degree as Ronaldo, of course, who was the best player there. But Nketi was doing a fairly good job compared to someone like Lacazette, who we'll get onto in a sec. So, um, yeah, for the for the sake of his career, I think he should leave. But if he gets a new contract, I wouldn't be upset with what I've seen recently. And I think yeah. he's made a very, very good account of himself. So credit to him, really. Because a lot of us, including myself, have doubted him. So, yeah, fair play, really. But, Kyrus, you know you have a history of this, right? Mm. You be counting out players from young. You'll be counting out like 19-year-olds. I'm thinking, how? <laughs> I'm an emotional guy, but I don't even care to do this. That's just how I am. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so what about Lacazette then? You're legend. Club He's legend. a legend with a straight face. Man, God will talk to you soon. Don't worry. <laughs> He's had the best skin fades to ever brace the Emirates, bro. That's no, legend. Lacazette needs a new contract. He's a good squad option. He really did, yeah, I agree. His last good season was in 2019-20. That was his last good season. He had an ankle injury since then. He's been putting on weight. He huffs and puffs when he moves and links the ball. <laughs> like, he can't finish. Like, there's 103 players in the league with more goals than Lacazette. 103. Are you not deep in this? <laughs> you know how scary that is? Man them like Ashley Westwood, Rudiger have similar output to him. Rudiger. Do you know how mad that is? I think Rudiger's got like three or three goals this season. Oh yeah, Lacazette's got three goals. I can't believe it. I can't believe three it. Three goals. And the worst part is that at least I think one of them is pe- a penalty or two of them even. Oh. I think it's one. It ain't. Yeah. So this this Lacazette guy, he had the production of a centre-back. I should be happy with him. Leave my club. I'm tired. Just get out. But the big question is where would he actually go? Like who wants to buy Lacazette? Fam, these French league teams will buy him. Trust me. These men don't have any shame or sense. They'll buy him. Probably go to like Montpellier or some shit like that. But what do you mind think of like that's time at Arsenal in general? Club legend. Uh, if I'm being, if I'm not taking the piss, I'll say mediocre. Yeah. He was, he was, when he came, it was good when it was good. And when it was shit, it was shit. I would pay like 50 mil. Yeah, like you man, you're not even, I don't even think you'll be able to make half back. There's no way you can start Lacazette for 25 mil on this market. I'll take so, a box of Mornies for Lacazette. <laughs> that, that's if, that's if Mama doesn't eat it first. Because the way Lacazette, <laughs> we'll back that before you even got to it. But nevertheless, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even think Lacazette was that good, even at Leon. I'm being so sincere. I never got the hype, to be honest, but I mean... Never did I. Yeah. It's one of them ones as well. Like, I never understood why he was, like, a big deal. I mean, I know people that are, oh, yeah, like, obviously when Amanda used to bang Ultimate Team, everyone like, yeah, Lacazette, Lacazette, yeah, his card was gold and whatever, but, like, 
Like, you know, I'm memories. Like, Christensen cards gold. Does that mean Christensen's a good footballer? No. So, I don't get it. If you're going to go down the ultimate team route, yeah, I always judge players on, like, their, their picture on their card. Remember when Lacazette like, had, like, spiky hair? That's some colour. <laughs> <laughs> was never a serious guy. I'm telling you, he was never a serious guy. I also need to read through the lines. I do not know. I do not know. Then he came, he came, he came North London, yeah. He saw the bad bees in North London. He said, okay, cool, skin fade, skin fade time. He was doing up, he was doing up spiky hair in France. That's your striker, Karis. All right, so now moving on to Paul Pogba. The man, the myth, the legend. So it's looking like his tenure at United is coming to an end in very supernatural means because I'm not going to lie to you, he was running around against Liverpool. Next thing you know, this guy's limping and I'm just like, yeah, this guy, he knows what he's doing. He's saving his legs for his next team because no cap, man them. Can you actually tell me what happened to Bogba? I was watching the game right in front of me. I don't know what happened to Bogba. Do I? I, I John had no clue because he was playing, and the next thing you know, he's he's limping off the pitch. But let's not forget, Pogba had a natural limp. According to him, in it, it must have been like a muscle pull. But I just think he didn't. He didn't want to play. He just didn't feel like playing. Pogba will play beheaded for France. Pogba <laughs> will generally play beheaded for France. Because France loves him. You man treat him so badly, so I don't blame him. No, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm therefore one of the United fans that can say to you that. At the end of the day, United fans out of one mouth will say, you have to stand behind Maguire, stand behind our players. Obviously, the bomb threat to Maguire was disgraceful. But what I'm saying is, the, critic- if the criticism that Pogba receives should... When he leaves, I believe that should be shifted to players who actually deserve it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Pogba, as bad as he's been, if you're to actually look at his tenure, in my own opinion, I don't think it's been a disappointment. It's been... He's been let down. Pogba's been let down by United more than Pogba's let us down. I'm not going to lie to you. Because as washed up as Ebro was, look at the output Pogba gave you with a washed up striker. Do you, do you see what I mean? And then you swap out Perlo and give him Scott McTominay. What do you expect him to do? <laughs> you know it's mean? funny, like the succession plan at United for years has been poor and it's affected so many players, like not just Pogba, like who else can I think of? Like Ronaldo himself right now hasn't got the support cast he needs. But I'm kind of tailing off anyway. In terms of Pogba, I feel like his time at United, it's been, we've seen his quality for a lot of seasons. Like 16, 17, he played like really deep. I think under Oli, he played a lot off the left and had a lot of success. Even the way he started this season, you know. I've, so seen, many I've seen someone say something like, Pogba's played every single position since he's been at United, except goalkeeper and right back. Are you serious? Yeah. It's an actual serious stat. Because the time he played um, centre-back, under. For Mourinho, yeah, for Mourinho, and he actually, I think he was even man of the match. He's played literally everywhere, bro. Like, yeah, I feel like Pogba at times is a bit inconsistent, but also in that same breath, is more as Kevin said, he's been let down because everyone knows the talent that Pogba has. If you go to PSG, you'll see him shine. You'll see him do something serious there because of no one in their right mind can say that Pogba's not an amazingly gifted player. We all know that. So I've been putting him in the right conditions to thrive And a lot of people that have said a lot of bad stuff about Pogba Will eat their words to be honest What team would unlock Pogba in the modern game? Do you know what? I think he'd thrive at Real Madrid I think yeah. he would do serious bits in that midfield Like coming up Pogba That midfield would be crazy, I can't lie But obviously it depends on his wage demands And whether they can Even then Modric is still going Cruz is there, Casemiro is there Valverde is there um, Camavinga as you said 
So they've got options anyway. And Chiromani is rumoured to be going to Madrid. So these might have options anyway. So I think he'll go like PSG, in my opinion. To be genuine, Pogba's actually been quite a, a kind-spirited player as well. So Pogba's often labelled like, as like a mercenary, but I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I've ever got the vibe of Pogba who's someone who outrightly takes the, like, the piss, if you know what I mean. So I feel like he's reached the stage he wants to win trophies because he knows his skills, his skill set does deserve a better trophy cabinet. So I'm yeah. not going to lie. I feel like he'll take a pay cut to play for Real Madrid. I will not lie to you. Because yeah. like, he's going to go there to be respected compared how, to... How old is he? 28? Yeah, he's got time to get a couple of trophies, man. Because like you said, this United wasted six years of his career, bro. Like, it's actually That's the bottom line, yeah. Six years wasted. Imagine what he could have done in six years if he was at a good team. Or imagine if he was like at Barcelona in its peak in those six <laughs> years. Bro, his trophy cabinet right now would be crazy. He would probably be the greatest French midfielder to, to come out of France since Zidane. I'm being so sincere. Because like, other than... Other than okay, I'm not even say that because people will finish me. But I'm not going to lie to you. No, but he has oh, talent. I can see what you're trying to say. What I was going to say was Zidane had the 2-2 like roulette, but Pogba's like, he just represents the modern midfielder. Let me just keep it like that because I know there's some Zizou fans out there and I don't want them to come for me. So I'll just keep it like that. So poor Pogba, at the end of the day, I'll wish him the best. And he's going to, I'm just waiting for the game when he, when he, when we play against Pogba and his new team. Pogba is going to riddle us for filth. <laughs> he's going to absolutely destroy us. I mean, like Pogba will get the another old trim like he had at Juventus. He's going to get that and riddle us for filth. I'm telling you. Now, Bruno Fernandes signed till 2027. What do you guys think about that? I'll ask the neutrals first. The thing Hold is, that. Man. That's what I said. Hold that. <laughs> <laughs> you for five more years, bro. Oh, man. Serious but, enjoyment. I don't know, man. Like, 2027, like, rather than analysing if it's worth it or not, let's, let's do this. Copenhagen released a top 10 and Bruno Fernandes was part of the top 10 for the midfielders, right? You guys, of the top six, would Bruno Fernandes make it in a combined 11 for the midfield position? Not even the bench. Not even the bench? He shouldn't even no. be in that list, bro. Why is he in that list? I have no idea why he's in that list. No idea why he's in that list. He's but... not a top 10 midfielder and it doesn't matter what category you're talking about. He doesn't make top 10 for me, I'm sorry. That guy's not a serious footballer. So what's, what's his greatest problem? He's just so wasteful in possession. If this guy hits 30 passes... Only like 14 are going to reach the target. True. True. He's so wasteful in possession. It's so bad, fam. I just feel like he's just... I don't know why you guys bought him. I think his goal output and his penalty taking is why you guys bought him. But his overall game is so cheeks. Five more years of this, man. I will not survive. That's crazy. And the thing is as well, I think that um, Ten Hag must have signed it off because I've seen all the quotes about him. And he's all like, you know... He wants to have full autonomy on, you know, the players that are there. So it must have been pre-approved by him. So I hope that he has a good plan for him. Because if not, then the way this guy loses the ball too much, you're going to start crying even more. Valid point. Denzel mentioned it earlier. Eric Ten Hag. What do you might actually think is like a, a suitable timescale for it? So obviously during our break, he's now been made official for the next Manchester United manager. So realistically, what do you think is going to happen? Let's say within the next six years, that's a pretty decent time frame. What is happening at Manchester United from a neutral point of view? Obviously, he's don't take leaving, it. He's, leaving, he's actually leaving before the six years, though. <laughs> you think Ten Hag is going to be there for six years, brother? I have some news from news, some news for you, bro. <laughs> six years, you'd be. Uh, yeah, no, I'll be like serious, I said, on a serious note, people like Pogba are going to leave. Um, I think you might end up selling Maguire. 
not this window, but the window after. Amen. When Hug sees how shitty he is, I think that will be become the top of his agenda. Like, get Maguire gone. Um, what else? Who needs to go? You'd end up shifting along players like Matic. Because yeah. obviously, you know, he's ready to start living off his pension now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get gone. I think you'd also have to sort out your striker problem because you don't really have a bona fide striker. Cavani, again, is at 40. That's Ronaldo, again, like I said, I've always said, you cannot build a team around Ronaldo at this age. It's just not sustainable. It doesn't make any sense. Um, probably won't sell him. I have seen some rumours. I don't know how um, factual they are about Ten Hag saying he doesn't really have any plans for Ronaldo as such. Mm. But I can see him leaving and possibly, I don't know where he'd go, whether he'd retire or whatever. You just need a massive overhaul. Like, even your defenders are suspects as well from besides Maguire. Like, Luke's, if you're trying to win the Premier League and Champions League and all these trophies, your starting left-back cannot be Luke Shaw. He's just not good enough to lead a team in that position. Again, same thing for right back. Your right backs are shit. Let's be real. Yep. Um, yeah, you just, you've got a lot of work to do. To be honest, you're going to end up being in a similar position to how Arsenal's been for a couple of years. But the thing is, I don't think United fans are patient enough to go through that. Or not. That's I what Arsenal is. I don't see United fans having that patience. Yeah. Like, sorry to interrupt, but if it was me and my expectation for Ten Hag, for me, the first year, I think, for example, this season, you want to finish let's say 7th or 8th, you might get ridiculed, but you'd rather like, you know, just be out of Europe if, if possible. If not, get Europa League at least. Um, then first season, you know, blood in the young players as well. Like, you know, use the academy more. You've got a decent academy, I'd probably say. Um, guys like Garnacho, who's making it for Argentina. Like, let's see what he's about. Um, at the same time, we want to see if Ten Hag can bring in good players from the first season alone. Um because obviously a lot's going to be on his shoulders now. Like he's got full control, literally. Him and Rangnick have full control, so they need to get things right. So first year, like, you know, kind of stabilise. Second year, I'd say challenge for top four. And then third year, you want to be like pushing for third and then let's see how far we can go. But, mm. and I'm saying this because of like United is a big, big club, like biggest in England. So, you know, the expectation will be different from compared to Arsenal. We have a bit more patience at times, which... I think kind of helps the process and how things are going. But at the same time, I'm not sure if Ten Hag will win those trophies, partly because I just, I don't know, I feel like you guys have been so set back by your previous managers, the the mistakes of the previous regime. I think Ten Hag has a massive, massive task on his I can say something, yeah. The difference between Arsenal and Man U in these, in these positions, when it was time for Arsenal to rebuild and Wenger had left, mm. the majority of Arsenal fans recognised that they needed a rebuild and that something needs to change from top to bottom. But the majority of United fans think their problem is just management. Mm. They've got this weird hubris where they think like, oh, we're just one good manager away from like competing for the Premier League again. It's like, you've got massive structural problems. You need to start from scratch properly. And that takes a lot of time and years. Like, like Rangnick it all said, up. Yeah, like Rangnick said, yeah, that Man United are about six years behind Liverpool. And by that, he meant when Klopp came... Klopp inherited a very shit team. This guy was having to start Dejan Lovren. Moreno. Moreno. Like, all these dons that probably are retired or playing in, like, the third division in Spain or something. like. And Liverpool fans were patient enough to recognise that, you know, he's talented. We're going to give him time. They weren't expecting instant results. And so he slowly made his signings, got them to, you know, believe in his system, the whole gig and press and everything. 
and built that culture up slowly. It didn't happen overnight. You know, he's been there for what, six years. That's what United needs. But you guys want instant success. You guys don't have the patience to be like, you know what? We've got, you know, a, a manager that's got some reputation. Let's give him the time to do something properly. Mm-hmm. You're kind of trying to be like, in a way, like Chelsea, but without the end products. Because at least we chop and change managers, but we get a trophy every season, basically. Yeah. So that business model works for us. But you guys can't do that because it's not been your thing. You can't, you don't have the structure to be moving managers around so often, so frequently when things don't work out. I feel like if you guys don't stick with Ten Hag and give him at least four years, you're just going to end up treading water while someone like Arsenal, when they've had the time to rebuild and gets back on, back into, you know, their former glory, they'll be in the conversation again. And then the Premier League will be not just between City and Liverpool, City, City Liverpool, Arsenal and probably Chelsea. Whereas Man United will then end up having to scrap for Europa League because you can't give a manager time to rebuild properly. I think one thing you said, which is really, really true, is that United, both of you said, sorry, is that United fans are probably one of the most delusional fans. And the reason why I say this is because if you look at any fan base in world football, name me a, a more divided fan base than Manchester United. Oh, wait. We are divided in everything. Like our opinion on Pogba, our opinion on Maguire, our opinion on the manager, our opinion on the owners. We are so divided. And I think the reason for that is because Manchester United is a system that is built on manipulation of fans. And the reason why I say that is because we make a lot of sensationalist moves that are not really football-driven, but rather market-driven. So, for example, mm. let's be honest. Even I, like, I'm not saying I'm the, I'm a realist or whatever, yeah, but even I, yeah, when we signed Ronaldo, on, unless you have a heart of stone, of course you feel like you have a chance. Of the title, yeah, so you're all thinking. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think the problem with that is, and what the problem with most fans is, those fans will keep on believing even when things go bad. Obviously, I came back to my sense of like, yeah, yeah it's not going to work. But the problem with that is that with Ten Hag here now, it we all have to come together to make a decision. The problem is Ten Hag already has to win over half of the fan base because let's not forget, half of the fan base were wanted Pochettino. You know what I mean? Let's also not forget that the players who currently have I believe the statement that was made in the changing rooms from a leak or something along those lines was they doubted Ten Hag's resume. But my thing is, these players themselves, what have they won? If we're talking about resumes here, what have they won? Our captain will relegate it twice. Do you understand what I mean? But why I have faith with Ten Hag is because not because of the, actually not because of the start eleven we have, it's actually the, the young players. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen to Ahmad. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen with Palestri because I feel like the way Ten Hag is going to mould this team, I won't be surprised if our average age rivals Arsenal. He's really going to filter out a lot of these old players. And you, man, let's be so sincere. If Ten Hag can turn Sebastian Haller into the man he is today, you cannot, you might cannot tell me he won't make someone, he won't make a beast in our team. Sebastian Haller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's going to be a lonely and long road. You know what I mean? But I feel like within four years, we should win at least something. Most likely be an FA Cup, but we'll take it. At least four years of a nice, firm rebuild. And even if Ten Hag is not the one to to reap his rewards, he will set up the team nicely for the next manager to come in. If it's destined for him to not see it through. You get what I mean? That's how I personally see it. But in that same regard, the the way the owners are, 
my biggest fear is Rannick is going to go up to consultancy and say, you man lied to me and he's going to go leave. Then Ten Hag is going to come and basically have to either decide because people often forget that this is how people feed their families. Ten Hag is probably going to come in with his own principle, realises that you have to play by their game or you're jobless. I just pray that he would he would rather leave than adjust to how they want us to play football, if you get what I mean. Yeah. I feel like it's trauma from previous situations that is making you think that Ten Hag won't get full control. But from the quotes that I've seen, I feel like they've realised what a good manager they have in him and that he's going to get his control. So it's now down to him to actually do the business, basically. And it's all down to him and Ranić. And if you get Paul Mitchell from Monaco, that's sporting director. So it's all down to them three to do the business, really. But I think it's probably a good time to move on to another topic. So we'll talk about your city rivals, which is... Manchester City, of course, and they've been linked with the phenomenon Erling Haaland. So I just want to ask you like, what you think of that. And yeah. If he if he goes to Man City, there's no point competing next year. Bro. If Erling goes to City, the whole league is on notice, bro. No cap. That would be so peak. If Haaland goes to City, I'm sorry, that whole I have an agenda against City. Yeah, yeah, yeah they stop him on Champions League. If he goes <laughs> to City, that will end, bro. They will, they will win at least one Champions League at the time he's there for, 100%. There's no way you can sign Haaland and not win something other than Prem. But how do you compete with that? Imagine that their squad would be so stacked. De Bruyne, imagine De Bruyne are feeding Haaland. Them, them in-foot crosses long. You know how demonic that is? <laughs> That's not football, man. That's not he might, he might break the record for most goals in a single season. If De Bruyne is feeding him and he's having to play people like, what, they get promoted Fulham, they're holding it, bruv. There's faith, there's faith, there's faith. Let me tell you, let me tell you where the faith is coming from. We need Scott McTominay to repeat history. So remember when Roy Keane like ripped off um Harlan's dad. I'm oh, sorry, bro. Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay. Right. McTominay's got to take one for the team and end Harlan's career. Even if he gets GBH, he'll, he'll be coming in that end at least. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, your fans actually love McTominay, so useless fans. Probably already is. Uh, like, what do you think, Harris, about Harlan to see? No, Harlan is crazy, like. He's someone that you can imagine that can break that mythical 30, 30 goal season barrier that not many reach. Because you have to think in the Premier League, to get even 20 plus goals alone is an amazing achievement. To get 30 is just supernatural. And I think Haaland has the potential to do that. And what is scary is that I don't think Haaland is your typical Pep number nine that he's played with. Like, you know, even the likes of Ibrahimovic can link up play and could do everything for a tall guy. Haaland's the type of guy that, you know, He's on the end of chances, at end of crosses. So it's like Pep is adapting his system to get the best out of one of the best strikers in the world. It's crazy. Like he's adapting his principles to get this guy firing. So to have like Foden, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Grealish when he hits form, Riyad Mahrez, all these men behind you, Raheem Sterling, it's scary what Harlan's going to do. But the one thing I will say is that he's very injury prone. Mm-hmm. Like just search his injury history on transfer market. Like he gets a lot of muscle injuries and stuff. So he kind of averages like 25 games a season. Mm-hmm. And for City, I think they'd hope that doesn't repeat again, basically. So that's the one thing I'd say is a little drawback. But other than that, we should be scared. I can't lie. The likelihood no, of- even if he's averaging 25 a season, bro, do you know how many goals are still going to be? Yeah. If he's averaging something like one and a half goals a game, you're still eating. With four chances per game, if you give Harlow four chances per game, how many goals is he scoring? Like two. He's scoring two easily. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's dangerous then. No, that 25 is 50 goal involvements. <laughs> oh, yeah, like 25. I'll take him even if it was 20. Well, yeah, I've looked at you, so you're speaking yeah, about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm desperate, bro. Like, I'm on my knees, bro. I need, like, <laughs> I need that. I need Haaland, but it's not happening. We don't have money like that no more. <laughs> yeah, then the, the whole on my knees thing reminds me of them to tweet that like, I was on my knees in Elephant the Castle because I really got. <laughs> when Carrot, when I saw the news, I fell to my knees, man. Middle of the station, I was just everything looked silent. My ears were ringing, my heart was pounding. You know that, you know that scene in Top Boy yeah. when um the Shane's mom dies. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was me in the middle of the station, bro. I just collapsed. <laughs> when I saw for free, that's when my chest tightened. Oh, it's man. one thing that he's leaving. We're getting zero pounds, bro. <laughs> zero, and he's at his peak. <laughs> oh my gosh, God, who did we offend, man? Like, how can we be crumbling like this? Like, the way this whole thing's been dragged out, it's just pissing me off. Like, we need new owners before the summer window, man. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna move it on to another topic again that relates to City. So a little knock-on effect of, of Holland leaving, not leaving Holland joining City is Gabriel Jesus is confirmed to leave City. And from what Ornstein is saying and what the Brazil sources are saying is that we're front of the queue for him and that we're in talks right now. So it's very likely that Gabriel Jesus will be at Arsenal next season. So what do you guys think of the potential move? It was snubby for Flamengo. <laughs> Where's your shame? Where is your shame? That's <laughs> a Flamengo. Um, I think it's a really good move. I'm not going to lie. What? <clears throat> my head, yeah. Someone that's listening can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think um, he's played, what, 134 games now? And he's had something like 92 goals and assists and 130. That's crazy, bro. Crazy. Like, his numbers are crazy. Like, they go under the radar because when you're in that City team, it's so easy to go unnoticed because that team is stacked. But his numbers are really good. And besides his numbers, I remember when he first came to City, that first season, like, he lit the Prem on fire. He was really good. So I think he'd eat at Arsenal, I'm not going to lie, because Arsenal's a very creative side. The only thing they're lacking is a good number nine. So if he's surrounded by players like Smith Rowe, Saka, Odegaard, like come on, man, he's bagging at least twenty goals in the Premier League easily. So well, I think it's a very good move, and he's only twenty-five. He's far from finished. Like mm-hmm. he's got time. You would have to be direct. Move, yeah, I think that move suits everybody. It's perfect for him. It's perfect for Arsenal. You know, he doesn't only play as number nine. He can play on the wings as well. Like it just. The whole deal makes sense. And the funniest thing is, as soon as those links came, my man drops four goals in an assist. Crazy. That was crazy. But like to play devil advocate, I think you'd have to be more direct to Arsenal though. Because you need you need an out on out number nine. And I feel like if he's going there to do that winger, that winger shenanigan at number nine, you're not gonna enjoy him. And another thing I think you also have to add is that I feel like city tax also have to be applied because I'm not gonna lie to you. Other than Jack Grealish, which I think needs to be discussed, other than Jack Grealish. I can't think of many players who will be shit in, the city, in that city side. Like, it's such a well-oiled machine that if you just play your position, you're going to do well, if you know what I mean. Definitely, but, yeah. Yeah, but Arsenal is the closest thing to City, I think. Like, you're, you're, a Audi, you're an Audi City. I'll take so, it. Huh? You'll take it? Yes, I know you're a shameless fan. You're meant to, you're meant to argue with me. And you actually took it. <laughs> Submissive done. <laughs> Next season would be BMW, so it's calm. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I didn't say Audi, Aldi. You're less than Lidl. The, 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 oh, the... I said Audi. 
<laughs> no, How are you mad? My hearing's gone. I thought you said Audi. I was like, calm. Nah, nah. But now nah, you're going to say. <laughs> no, you're mad. You're sly. I thought you said like Audi as in the car. You said <laughs> Audi the shop. <laughs> Madness. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like we've been linked also with Victor Osman. So I'm not sure if it means that we're going to get Osman and Jesus or... Another guy we've been linked to is Cody Gakpo from PSV. He's not as well known as the other names, but he's very highly rated in Europe right now, left winger. So, yeah. but from what I've seen from Ornstein, he, the way he phrased the tweet, I feel like Jesus is coming to be the number nine because he said Jesus, then Calvert-Lewin back up. He's terrible, by the way. Calvert-Lewin back up. And then those are the, the two names that I saw really. So I feel like, I, I just want to see what Arteta does with Jesus really because you know he's coached him before so there's potential for him to mold him to a good number nine so we'll see what happens really I mean Henri was once a winger in it and he became a number nine at Arsenal so there's always potential to change positions and you know be effective with new managers so yeah. we'll see what happens there really 100% true moving on to Liverpool quadruple charge Mandem we are in a very slow situation now Liverpool's on the brink of being the greatest team to ever grace probably world football because I think if you do it in England you've done it basically the best what do you guys think about their chances and let's say they were to execute this what does that mean for world football it's not happening because I serve a living God (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea will turn up in that FA Cup final bro we are not letting that happen we have it's not happening I don't start starting by the way he's not starting I'll break his kneecaps myself bro (laughs) He's not starting on everything I love. He's not starting, but we have to win that FA Cup game. We need to finish this. I'm leaving here with Sun. <laughs> I'm leaving here with Sun, bro. <laughs> we're not finishing this season empty-handed. Fair enough, we won Super Cup and Club World Cup, but I, I need something more. I'm from round away. Well, I'm leaving here with Sun. <laughs> we have to beat Liverpool. Like I don't want to hear no ifs, buts, or maybes, man. Because if Liverpool wins quadruple, I swear. They'd be so insufferable. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. So insufferable. And I'm not going to lie, it would... Personally, Jurgen Klopp is an amazing manager. He's probably top three managers in the world right now, without a doubt. But he's been at Liverpool for, what, six years? And he's won one Premier League, one Champions League. Like He's an amazing manager, but his actual achievements aren't that mind-blowing. So I feel like a quadruple would kind of shut everyone up especially someone like me who kind of still, I'm not even doubting his legitimacy. Like he's an amazing manager, but he just, he hasn't been as successful as it looks at Liverpool. He's been there for six years and he's only won one Premier League, one Champions League. Like I said, like, I'm not saying he hasn't been successful, but... I'm not trying to bring Tuchel into this. Let's not bring Tuchel into this. I'm not bringing Tuchel into it, bro. It's nothing to do with it. I I just have to make sure. No, 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 but we'll get on to that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, yeah, what is it? Like, City's won, what, three Premier Leagues in four years? Mm-hmm. And Liverpool's only won one since the time Klopp's been there. So as much as he's built a monster of a team, there's still a little bit more he can get out. And I feel like that if he does that quadruple, they have to rename Anfield to the Jurgen Klopp Stadium. Yeah. 100%. They have to, bro. 100%. They have to, they even need to put his face on the badge. Yeah, a quadruple in the Prem is hard. That's like it just doesn't happen. But they're part way there. They've got the League Cup already. They've got three more to go for. 
And obviously, they're only one point behind City. Like, this could end anyway. You know, the Premier League's unpredictable. So, we'll see what happens. But I'm praying that they don't do the quadruple. They should just be happy to get a triple. I'm scared of the fans' reactions. Like you said, the fans will be so insufferable. But do you know one person I can't stand? I was even watching the Merseyside derby today. Van Dyke thinks he's so bad. I, I mean, I mean, deep that. Van Dyke, <laughs> bad, bro. I, you just screw facing the whole time. I'm thinking, who gassed you, bro? He's got you a man by the ways. Can you blame him? But say again. He's got a man by the ways. Can you blame him? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking at that today. How has he achieved that, bro? I got a man by the waves. Like, what kind of durag is he wearing? It's like a did like cut a hole in the back or something. <laughs> I don't know how he does that in the direct, but I don't know. Like he, he thinks he's so bad. Like I'm just like, calm down, bro. We just need someone to two for him. But nah, man. All right, what do you think about the quadruple? Like it just depends on what city do really in the Premier League. I think that's the pivotal thing. Like, will City step up? I'm not sure. Like they seem to be in that mode where anybody they meet, they're just gonna brush them aside. So I don't think the quadruple will happen. I don't see City slipping up, but as Denzel said, in the Premier League, you never know what can happen. I'm trying to search and find what game City have left, actually, just to give myself a better idea. But Let's say um, Liverpool won the quadruple, yeah. Do you still think you'll get, like, shameless Arsenal fans who said, well, we did Invincibles? <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll be part of that, so it's fine. Shameful Arsenal fans would be like, well, we won Invincibles. That trophy was dead. Even, like, I mean, like, the physical trophy was dead. It was, it was so tiny. That's a replica. That's a replica. The replica. The one that Wenger was holding the replica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of oh, course not that small. Come on. Does he have a bigger gold one? Pardon? Does he have a bigger gold one? I think there's a bigger gold one in Arsenal's like cabinet somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Made out of Twix. You know the Twix wrapper. See, all United fans know is corruption. That's why they talk bad like this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but we need how no, corruption. The refereeing in our Arsenal game was the worst refereeing I've seen all season. This is karma for Howard Webb and Sir Alex Ferguson tag team. Howard Webb. This is like a WWE plot line, basically. Howard Webb is my fucking guy, bro. I miss that guy. This is why I say that without these referees, Sir Alex Ferguson today is basically Sean Dyche. <laughs> basically. <laughs> hey, speaking, of Sean Dyche, speaking of Sean Dyche, fuck Burnley, fam. How dare they? Oh, oh man. How dare they? After he gave them 10 good years, they think they're now in a position to be sacking Sean Dyche. They're they sound Corne and they think they're different now. Yeah, they sign one black and they got sauce. Who's going to like a shit? Because <laughs> <laughs> who's actually taking the job to manage Burnley? Hey, do you know what? Saying that, do you know what's going to happen? Remember, I made a prediction on the pod, yeah? Mm-hmm. Everton gets relegated and guess who the new manager is going to be? Frank Lampard's going to take over at Burnley, bro. That would be disgraceful. Remember, <laughs> Frank Lampard will manage Burnley, fam. And you know what? As much as I love him, that's his level. Deep what he's deep what he's doing at Everton right now. And I look at Vieira, by the way. Vieira's a, a fantastic yeah. Vieira is head and shoulders apart. But deep what is happening? Better midfielder, better manager. Lovely. I relax, relax. Man said he took over. <laughs> yeah. And now wait, how long has Everton been in the Prem for? This like, like is, this their, is this their first relegation? It could be. You never know. Lampard needs to repent. <laughs> how can you take over and this happens? This is literally like the worst side. That this is the worst sign of your managerial pedigree, to fumble like this to get Everton relegated. Like fair enough, Everton is no Liverpool, but they're a decent mid-table side. Like they should be competing for Europa Conference position. So the fact that they're there chilling in seventeenth, boy. But nah, man, them. Let's move on. So obviously during our break, a lot of things have occurred. 
Um, so let's start with the the big fight last night. Dillian White took on the arguably the GOAT of modern day boxing, Tyson Fury. Mandem, what's your opinion on, on the way that roadman fight that Dillian White put up against Tyson Fury? He came for money, man. He was not serious. <laughs> There's no way you're telling me that you're competing for the WBC championship and the lineal everything on the line, the ring that, and you're fighting at that. And the, Mandem was saying he was fighting like he was scrapping outside Mooney's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're saying this guy was swinging like he was on Vassal Road and I was crying bro like, I saw that one <laughs> <laughs> that was such a that might be one of the worst performances of his career I'm not even going to lie uh, of Dylan White career Haymakers in round two Haymakers in round two he's stupid can't be okay the funniest part is the way he got dropped <laughs> No, when he got up and stumbled. Yeah, that's what was killing me, fam. Like, the ref told him to stand up and stand straight, and this guy is just swinging side to side. The ref's like, you know what? You tried, man, but let's let's call it a day. Let's call it a day, man. I've seen fights like that in West Croydon, honestly. Like, that's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was disgraceful. He was punching like, you know that man that tried to bop the top of your head? That's the way he was yeah. fighting. He, just, he didn't even look like he was a boxer that day. You look like yeah, KSI. What bro, was? Even KSI done better. <laughs> it was that bad, bro. This what's guy he... could not string a single combination together. What's Dylan White's record? He ain't he ain't solid like that, is he? Let's let's Google it. All I know is he he ain't really that guy. Let's be real. Because what I understood was AJ was meant to be fighting Tyson Fury, but then obviously I think something happened. What what was it that happened that now put Dylan White in this position? No, Dylan White has been mandatory for a few years now, to be fair. Like, the okay. fight that you, I'm not going to lie. But, um, AJ wouldn't have done any better, to be fair. Maybe turn yeah. round to the don't even, I don't even rate AJ, if I'm being honest. So that's a whole different conversation. He was the hope of Nigeria, and this guy just, I don't know what happened, bro. You know what's so funny? Dylan White's from Brixton. Yeah, I knew it, bro. That's why I said it, bro. I said, I said to my mom, yeah, I was watching, I was watching this to my mom. I said, why is this guy fighting like he's from Zone 2, fam? <laughs> you your mom. Like, why is this guy fighting like this? I'm thinking, you know, one of them ones, yeah, when you're panting and you're just lunging. I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? And then the ma- you know, there's enablers in his corner. They weren't coaching him. They weren't coaching him. He was literally just went out to do the same thing again. Motivational talk. No motivational talk for him. And then Tyson Fury, do you see Tyson Fury's face after the game? No sweat. Yeah, this no guy, nothing. Nothing, fam. I'm just like... My man uh, was singing at the end. Imagine getting knocked out and you're hearing the man singing in the ring. I'll be, my head will be hot, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I said, praise Jesus. And then he starts singing Celine Dion. No, we're fighting again right now. <laughs> no way. The funny thing was they didn't even interview Dylan White, fam. He went straight home. Went straight home. Back to, back to, back to Brixton Hill. But man said... Let's actually deep this, yeah. Tyson Fury is a, probably a GOAT of professional boxing, yeah. Elite sportsman with love handles. Obviously, no, no body shaming thing, yeah. But what <laughs> actually is Tyson Fury? How do you explain Tyson Fury? You look at him, yeah, I'm just like, this guy should not be winning. Then he starts boxing and he's winning. Tyson Fury is one of the greatest heavyweights ever. Like, the thing is, ignore his physique, yeah. Yeah. He's perfected what boxing is. The perfect boxer, in my opinion, is not yeah. someone that can knock everyone out. It's when he wants to punch you, he will punch you. Mm. But you With can have a touch. Yeah. Like his ring control is amazing. Because of his reach, 
He doesn't need to be in your face. He can just be jabbing you for the whole night across the ring. And then when he sees you getting tired, he knocks you out. He'll stay in the corner and feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, Dylan White, the reason why he lost is because he didn't close that distance. Mm. He let Fury stay on the outside and just dictate the tempo. But obviously, it's easier said than done because Fury is an expert. Like, you can't just close it in on that. But um, on the top of Dylan White, his record is he's had 31 fights, mm. 28 wins and three losses, which is not too bad. He's not, he's not that guy, bro. Like He's just not that guy. <laughs> he wouldn't even be... I, I'm not going to lie. Heavyweight boxing right now is dire anyway. Like, see, once Tyson Fury retires, the heavyweight division is basically dead. I'm not going to lie. And no one cares anymore. Yeah. I mean, we've got Alexander Usyk, who's cold, but like... I'm really I don't care. He, I'm really yeah, he's not a star. He doesn't really... like. He's not a household name. No one really knows him. Like, common, like, casuals don't know him, essentially, so... Yeah, it's just it's yeah, a well, long day. Didn't he beat AJ? Yeah, he did. That's how I everyone knows him. I actually don't know Watford, but he's not Nigerian, he's from Watford. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even at the end, I don't know if you lot saw when um, Francis and Garnu came in the ring and they're gonna yeah. fight as well, not for the belt or anything. But I think we're gonna have a crossover fight. Yeah, I heard about that. That would be so sick, man. Who, who, Francis and who? And Tyson, Tyson Fury. Try if, if he wins that, the Cameroonians they will take over Africa. final random segment of today's episode it's been a pleasure to be back but this almost didn't happen because Karis almost got me killed so basically when we watched the United Arsenal game I mentioned it earlier in the pod I said we watched it in a pub and obviously brothers in the pub isn't like a normal thing obviously (laughs) I can even not say that you can still go to the pub but it's not like what you usually see so obviously Karis has to be like oh yo I'm gonna go see some guy in Lewisham I was thinking, oh, okay, that's calm, that's calm. I'm thinking, Lewisham, yeah, yeah, we can just go to, like, a sports bar or something like that. So we pull up to Lewisham now, and I see this, like, random pub. What was it called? Like, something, something Winchester. What was it called? What, what was it wait, called? In, my, in my... Wait, wait, wait. Before, uh, wait you start. before you, man, continue, was it the pub that's opposite um the bowling alley? No, uh, it wasn't. Okay. Nah. I thought you were amazing. If I knew it was that, like... In, in my defence, though, before you start, in my defence, yeah, well, me, I took a mutual that I know as a United fan. He was coming from Canterbury. He drives in it. So I was like, okay, Lewisham's the closest place in London. Let's just meet there. We'll find a place that's shown the match. Mm. It's calm. And I've seen that, you know, there's a Weatherspoons in Croydon and it actually looks all right. Like, you know, I've gone once and there were actually people of my colour in there. Like, you'll be shocked. That's how you got me, bro. You told me it was a Weatherspoons. I go there. It's called the Watch House. Bro, I'm, Denzel, I'm telling you, yeah, when you go to the place, it's one of them, one of them things here where, you know, like when brothers go in, you're not coming back out. And I could just imagine I could just imagine like, the walls being soundproof, yeah. I pull in here yeah, and the looks we got, I was thinking, yeah, this this is how I die. This is how this guy has killed me. I, I go in here yeah, and then obviously the guy we go to meet, lovely guy, by the way, shout out to Joe. We go in here yeah, and he's sitting in the corner. Man said, we look at the TV, yeah, we see BBC News. We're thinking, we're thinking where's the game? <laughs> where's the match? No one's on the Arsenal top. No one's on the Manchester match United top. I was thinking, yep, they have it's done all it. these old people in there. No, it's the biggest no, mistake I've ever made. Every last person in that room was a Tory. I am telling you, every <laughs> last person in that room was a Tory. Tory them, whatever they are. Damn, I said, you keep, you keep fanatics who have to hide their party. <laughs> their allegiances, yeah, word. 100%. Nevertheless, yeah, so we bop out now because obviously we're not dying there. And two, they're not showing the football <laughs> So we're like, ah, oh, so where are we going to go? There's this place called Belushi's Bar in Lewisham, yeah? It's a trek. 40-minute walk, yeah? 30 to 40-minute walk. We decide we're going to walk it, yeah? Because there's no, t- there's no point in getting back to our cars. We were trekking like it was Jerusalem, bro. 
<laughs> or just walking through Lewisham. This is, this is pilgrimage. <laughs> I was thinking, I was so I was burning it. So I was thinking, Karis, I'm never going on your motors again. I think well, popping through Lewisham in the heat, and this brother, this brother Joe was just so calm because he's like, Yeah, lovely, lovely day out. I'm thinking, bro, I'm in a, a I'm in a long puffer jacket in Lewisham, sweating my ass off when I'm when I'm meant to be in air conditioning room watching the game. <laughs> but anyway, so we walk and then we finally catch this pub um called the graduate. Is a lovely bar lady, and we come in. We're like, Oh, yeah, you, um, you're right, you're right. He's like, Oh, can I watch the football? She's like, Yeah, yeah. We go, we go to the back. Yeah, man said, These men were therefore struggling because this woman will not let us sit down without a drink. <laughs> it was only us three there. <laughs> oh, only us three there. And we're like, The pressure to get a drink was like, Karis was like, Out of courtesy, out of courtesy, let's get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that these people are going to kill us if we don't get a drink. No, man said you man kept the business alive, you know. Um, it was so mad. But anyway, so the game started. So we, we bought um drinks, we bought J2O. Joe bought like a, a pint, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then watching the game, yeah. And every time I'm seeing the doorway, I'm I, I, my, my anxiety goes up. I'm like, who's there? Who's there? Who's there? Because I, I don't want to go see, I don't want to like, you know, I don't be outnumbered, you know what I mean? I want a good ratio. So we're, we're watching the game, yeah. And then obviously the game goes the way it goes. We're shouting. It, keep in mind, it's all Arsenal fans, isn't it? So sometimes I lost my mind, but I tried to be modest in my celebrations. When we were out of the school, it was gassed. Well, when we were out of school, I was gassed, yeah, but I had to remember where I was because, like, if you're not know, playing Millwall and Millwall fans were there, I'm sorry, man. You Master make, make Ronaldo scored and he had to whisper <laughs> under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, so we watched the game, game was done, we left and we bopped all the way back to um, Lewisham. You think the story time is done? No, it's not. Keep in I mind... Mean, let me finish this for you. All right, go ahead. Guys, take, take it away, fam. Because, yeah, we went back to Lewisham High Street, yeah? And... We were walking back. There must have been this deranged lady that approached us. Like, her clothes were looking all scatty and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was licking something off her finger that resembled, like, how can I say, like, excrement. Let's call it that. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Like, I, I'm 90% sure it was that. Like, 90% sure. If not 95% sure. Kara said it as a professional. I'll keep it bluntly. A lady was licking shit off her hand. <laughs> she was... She was she was like, she was walking beside us. Her body language was all the way off. She looked like she was off her head. She was just licking her fingers. I'm thinking, what's going on here? She says, she said, oh, these men need to pattern up, you know? Then she looks at me. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? Then she looks, she has to look at her hands. I just brown. She's like, what do you think it is? Karis, Karis and Joe was bopping, you know? They didn't, they didn't even take me, you know, with them. They were bopping. I left me there. And then I'm like, <laughs> I, I said to Karis, like, bro, is that shit in her hand? Guys, like, I think so. That's all the world. Guys, like, I think so. <laughs> no, I was shocked. The thing is, we're, we're trying to tap you, like, bro, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> well, you, your back was turned to us. <laughs> um, what what summarizes my anger in one word is Karis said, "Let's go to Lewisham to Joe." When in Croydon, we have arguably the biggest and best box park where you can watch the game from. I was burning inside because for one, I'll save I'll save uh, money on petrol, and two, in the comfort of my own on my own bits, I said, Lewisham. 
Chai, Karis. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was. I actually thought like, yeah, I'm. I'm died. This is how I died. <laughs> I was, like, I was gonna get, I'm gonna get lynched in Lewisham of all places. But yeah, I think now is a perfect time to close the pod. Thank you guys for tuning in for today's episode. We do intend to go back to our consistency and to bring back the really top-notch guests that we've had in the past. So um, remember to follow us on the on the, the Twitter account at the BTB Podcast. We do intend to be recording every two, um, every Sunday and to release during the week at least once a week. And thank you very much for tuning in today. It's been me, Kevin, and your co-host. Kevin, um, co-host, co-host Karis and Denzel. Sorry, man. I'm it's been long, don't worry. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Be blessed. Thank you.